Here's what's coming up on today's show. And it's also, you know, working with your distribution schedule that you're taking enough money to stay retired. So it's all part of the plan. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Welcome into the Retirement Reality Podcast. We've got a good show for you today talking about required minimum distributions, kind of a guide for retirees and those of you that are over 25 and thinking hard about retirement. This is something that you want to have uh, a good grasp on and a strategy for. And we're going to talk through all that today with Mike Coynan over at Principal Preservation Services. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing awesome. And I love this topic. We t- I talk about RMDs all the time. So it's one of my favorite topics. So um, I know uh, football season's here and um, we've had a hot, dry summer. And so I'm looking forward to fall. I'm starting to enjoy fall more. I, it's always <laughs> been a precursor to winter up here. Yeah. So I've always kind of dreaded fall because because I knew what, what's coming next. And sometimes we have some short falls up here in the Midwest, like feels like only a month and then we have winter, you know, but yeah. um, you know, it should be a, a, a true season. If we can get through, you know, two and a half, three months out of fall, it'd be great. Overall now, summer, uh, how would you rate this year's summer? Are you guys able to fully enjoy it? Yeah, there's, it's always been a busy summer. We've had some, um, some trips, you know, we actually went to Spain this in July. So that was nice. Our daughter got married in August. You know, there's house projects. There's, there's always something going on, a little road trip to Dallas to see our son and grandkids. And so there's always something going on. So it's from a busyness. Um, yeah, very busy and, uh, obviously very excited about our daughter getting married and um and that went well as well so Great. i i give it a i give it an eight or nine out of ten <laughs> it was a good summer awesome love to hear it and uh hope everyone else had a good summer as you listen to this i know there's a lot coming up for the remainder of the year and you want to get your planning in and uh, some items to go through so if you haven't sat down with mike and gone through that and make sure you're in good place uh, for the rest of the year you can always log on principalpreservationservices.com or give them a call 855 855- Nine eight seven eight 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 eight. But today it's all about RMDs, and for those of you that are getting close to retirement age, you want to understand this a little bit better. So we want to talk about these mandatory withdrawals from your retirement savings and some strategies to maybe avoid and really the risk uh, that comes with not preparing for these in advance. So, Mike, a lot of people just aren't clear on why RMDs even exist. Um, mm-hmm. Why are people required to, to pull money out of their savings at a certain age? Well, first of all, they haven't paid taxes on this money. And that's where I think a lot of people forget. They said, I've already paid taxes. Why do I got to pay taxes again? I go, because you never did. And they go, what? I go, yeah, when you take money and you contribute out of your paycheck and you contribute your 401k and 403b, TSP, you know, deferred comp, whatever, 457, whatever that is, um, that comes out tax-free. So if you, let's just say, for example, you make $100,000 a year and you contribute $10,000 into your 401k, you didn't get taxed on 100,000, you got taxed on 90,000 because the 10,000 you put into your retirement plan is not taxed. And so you never pay taxes on it, so now it grows tax deferred until you get to that magical age of RMDH, which stands for required minimum distribution. And that's when the IRS says, we've been patient long enough, it's your time to start taking some withdrawals out. And that's there's a minimum you have to take out when you hit these certain ages and pay taxes on the money that you've never paid taxes on it. 
and each year that number changes and so we can talk about that so basically it's just the irs is saying okay it's time for us to start getting paid finally from this money I mean, that's basically what it comes down to they don't let you drag it on forever exactly exactly so yeah you just can't put money into a tax deferred account forever get a tax break and then um you know being <laughs> let it grow tax deferred forever mm-hmm. And you wouldn't want that happening anyways, because if you didn't take that money out, well, most people need this money to supplement their retirement, but then it could be a big tax bomb for your your children who, who have inherited this money, that they have to pay taxes in a short period of time. So, which we just talked on the previous episode, they have 10 years to get that money out, your kids do, where you can spread this out over your lifetime. So mm-hmm. the key is just having a plan, understand what they are, what's the implications, when they start have to coming out, and how that fits in your plan. So we're trying to do that for you today here on the show. Uh, I guess the next question then is, okay, so why why do we have to take them? And then the second part of that would be, well, is there any way to avoid them at all? <laughs> is that possible? There is some ways to avoid them. Okay. Um, there's a couple, yeah. Well, first of all, one way to avoid take, you know, having RMDs is, first of all, is do Roth. You know, so you can do Roth contributions. So if you have a 401k or you know employer-sponsored plan, do Roth 401ks, do Roth 403bs, and so on, Roth TSPs. So if you can contribute into a Roth, that means you never have to take an RMD out. Now the key is you have to convert, you have to transfer that Roth 401k TSP to a Roth IRA to still avoid RMDs. There's a there's a sticky thing in the the IRS tax code today <clears throat> that's supposed to be limited, I believe, next year, that says if you have a Roth you know, employer sponsor plan, the IRS will force you to take RMDs still, even if it's a Roth, if you leave it in those employer sponsor plans. But if you transfer it, tax-free transfer to a Roth IRA, you'll no longer have to do an RMD out of those Roths. So most people don't do, you know, you don't have to do Roth, uh, you know, RMDs as long as it's in an IRA. So if you do Roth contributions, that'll help avoid RMDs. Now, here's the other thing. If you have a Roth 401k, you're contributing into your Roth 401k, but now your employer most likely would be contributing into the pre-tax portion because they're not going to pay taxes for you up front. Um, but now here's the new rule changes that goes into effect, I believe this this next year. Your employers can actually, with this is the Secure Act 2.0, the employers can actually start matching your Roth, but now you have to pay taxes on that. If you put your money in a Roth and you want your employer to match your Roth, you will have to count that as income now. So, um, But Roth is a huge benefit. I recommend that. So the more you do the Roth, the less RMDs you have to take out. Or if you have all Roth, you have no RMDs. So that's number one. Number two is you can convert to a Roth. It's called Roth conversion. So if you have IRAs, 401ks, you can convert those to Roth accounts and pay taxes on them you know, today. So now they are Roth accounts. And by doing that, that money will grow tax-free, withdrawals are tax-free, and you don't have to count you know, those as your RMDs. Now, again, every Roth conversion, just so you know, there's a five-year waiting period to take out any of the gains that you've accumulated in those Roths. So you just want to make sure that you're watching those, those dates. Um, so Roth contributions, number one. Roth conversions, number two. And the last one is, is QCDs. I'm a big fan of qualified charitable distributions. That's gifting money to charities. So once you're 70 and a half or older, you can contribute money or give money, for, uh, contribute. you can gift money from your IRAs into a charity 
and that money is not taxed on you and it's not taxed to the charity who receives it. So then it'll count against your RMDs. So you can start doing that as early as 70 and a half. That was the old rule. And they just kept that QCD age in place even though they postponed RMDs. So that's uh, three ways. Uh, you can also delay it by um, called a QLAC, Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract. They're not very well known. You can kind of delay some of your RMDs till age 85 by having a QLAC, Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract. It's not eliminating it, it's just postponing it. But those three are one are, are great ways to really avoid it. All right, some things to think about there. Um, so we talk about RMDs. I think Mike, people hear about the importance of these, and and, and here maybe uh, advisors talk about okay, you need to have a plan for these, but maybe not to try to scare anybody. But what are some of the risks though that you face if you don't actually have a plan in place and you're thinking about these RMDs in advance? Well, if you don't have a plan in place, if you don't understand about the, uh, first of all, you don't want to miss them um, because a lot of people don't understand what RMDs are, and I've met several people through the years who uh, miss taking the required minimum distribution because they just didn't know. And they're not working with maybe a fiduciary who won't tell them they have to. I've a um, lady here just about 10 minutes from here, when she became a client that year, before she was becoming my client, she told me she had missed, she found out she had just missed her first five years of RMDs. It's because her advisor never told her about it. And her new accountant figured that out. Um, so those are stiff penalties. Um, it used to be a 50% penalty and now they reduced it to a 25% penalty. So let's just say you have a million dollars, Ben, your RMDs are 40,000 a year. If you miss it, that's a 10,000, it used to be a, a $20,000 penalty, now it's 10,000, still very stiff. So you, you don't wanna avoid it, you have to make sure it's part of the plan. Um, but also, you wanna make sure that you're, you're taking out enough money. Um, so maybe you take withdrawals out, but it's still not enough to cover the RMD, but, most people are taking enough money out because they're supplementing their retirement, their social security with withdrawals from their investments. So the key is just planning ahead and which account you're taking it out. If you're married, husband or wife, and we usually try to take it maybe out of the older ones first or maybe the one who has the most first, it all depends on, on the plan. You need to have a plan in place to make sure that the RMDs are being met because as you get older as well, Ben, the percentage keeps increasing. So you might only need to take out 40,000 this year, but maybe in five years, you're taking on over 50,000. So we have to make sure that it's being monitored and you're taking enough money out to do it. And it's also, uh, you know, working with your distribution schedule that you're taking enough money to stay retired. So it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. That's what's most important. And uh, when you talk about planning, Mike, I know some people don't really even need their money from the RMDs. Hopefully they're, you know, if you're in that fortunate position where you don't need that money for income necessarily, but you still have to pull it out, what can you actually do with that money? What do you suggest people do with it? Yeah, so there's a lot of people who say, I don't want to. What am I going to do with this money? I said, well, you can a, reinvest it. So now it's not a, you can't put it, um, a lot of people said, okay, I already paid taxes. I just put it in my Roth. Actually, I had a, <laughs> a recent client who actually, this year who told me he's been doing that for the last few years, putting money, you know, paying taxes on his RMDs, didn't need it. So he says, I've just been adding it to my Roth. I said, you can't do that. He goes, well, why not? I said, I already paid taxes. I says, the IRS does not allow RMDs to go into a Roth, okay? You can do conversions after your RMDs are met, but you cannot put the, the uh, 
the net amount after taxes into your Roth. So unfortunately, he, he just figured that out and he's not going to do that anymore because uh, his previous advisor didn't tell him. So what you can do is just reinvest it into a non-IRA, non-Roth account. Um, you can, you know, like a non-qualified individual or, you know, joint account, put it in a bank. I always recommend having, if you're retired, six months to up to 12 months of your emergency savings um, set aside of your expenses. So you have six to 12 months of your expenses set aside, building that up, paying off your other debt, um, starting a lot of our clients are doing legacy accounts, starting some retirement plans um, for the kids, gifting money. You can gift up to $17,000 per year to individuals. It could be any individual, each of you, um, without having to report it to the IRS. So there's a lot of different things you can be doing, but the key is finding out what should you be doing with that money um, by having a plan and, and having that plan built out in place. All right, Mike, I love to share stories where possible, and you do a good job of that. Is there anything you can think of, an example maybe, of, of how you've helped someone plan around their RMDs? Yeah, I, it's a constant part of our, our planning process. RMDs are a big part of it because there's certain ways that you want to take withdrawals out. I'm going to touch on what our second book came out, Ben, called Nav, you know, Navigating Your Retirement Um is my the chapter I wrote on in that book is with multiple author authors in the book was about sequence return risk and there's certain ways you should take your money out of your retirement accounts and there's certain ways you shouldn't be taking your money out of your account so the biggest thing what we're helping people with their RMDs is finding out which of your IRA accounts is going to better serve you when markets are good or bad right because if you have all your eggs in one basket which a lot of people do that we meet they have almost all their IRAs or pre-qualified you know, pre accounts, or quali- sorry, your qualified accounts, pre-tax accounts in one bucket, which is risk bucket, and that's fine. Uh, but when you're in withdrawal phase, it's not gonna be fine. Uh, if you're working and you're growing it, great, but once you're taking money out, there, you have to have a plan of attack how to do it, because if you retired last year and it's say a million dollars in your, your IRA, or 401k, whatever it might be. And the market lost just roughly 20%. Now you're down to 800,000. And if you were t- having to take out your RMD last year, and let's just call that um, you know, 5%, make it easier. You had 5%, that's another uh, 50 grand. Now you're down to $750,000 after one year. Well, you're down, you, t- you, know, you lost 20, you took out five, you're down 25%. You have to make over well over 35%. I think it's like 38% to get your money back. You know, so you have to make a bigger re, uh, a bigger gain uh, on that lower value to get your money back. So we're helping people avoid that. We recommend people having your IRAs mixed between risk and safety because when the market's in a bad place, like last year it was, it's been rebounding nicely this year. You have a safe place to draw your RMDs from. You can, and the IRS says, as long as you have multiple IRAs, you can take your RMDs from one IRA or the other IRA, or both, as long as it's enough for for your IRAs that they don't care where it comes out. But that doesn't work the same with your employer sponsor plans. They have to be IRAs to make it simple like this. So we're helping people navigate your RMDs by taking your withdrawals out of the safe account last year. We didn't have our clients take it out of the market because why would you take withdrawals out of a down market? 
the same reason why you don't sell your house in a down market like we saw in the real estate bubble. So you allow the markets to recover before you tap back into that IRA, maybe a year or two or three years later. And that's what we're helping people with the RMDs. We're helping that as part of the plan that we do for everybody and helping people understand the importance of that. And just little tweaks like that and knowing that you have somebody who understands the, you know, the rules of RMDs and how to distribute your money and which account to take it out of it should extend the life of your money two to five years when done correctly, when you're not selling your money at a loss. And so that, that's the key when it comes to RMDs and just making sure that somebody is working for you on that. And if you have an f- employer sponsor plan, they are not required by law to, to send out notices to you, uh, to, re- you know, to remind you to take out your RMDs. And now you have to take out RMDs out of your 401ks, but they're not required by law to, to give you the notices. Like if you have an IRA, they are required to give you, you know, notices to get your money out by the end of the year. So another reason not to stay in these employer plans are not really designed to keep your money there long term. All right. Very good to know. RMDs are a big part of planning. If you haven't Mm -hmm. thought about it and you are getting close to retirement, please take some time to sit down with a financial professional and start thinking through these things and the strategies that come along with it. If you don't have anyone to work with, of course, you can always reach out to Principal Preservation Services. You can do so online at principalpreservationservices.com or over the phone at 855-987-8888. But bottom line, you want to be thinking about your RMDs. All right, let's get to a couple questions, Mike, before we close it out today. Uh, Here's one from Tess who says, my husband is 11 years older than me, and I probably have better genes than he does too, so it seems likely that I'll be a widow for a significant portion of my retirement years. What sort of financial planning challenges does this create for me? Yeah, Tess, uh, we see this a lot. Um, Now, typically, you know, men are older in the relationship by a few years, and it just happens to be a few more years longer for you, you and your husband. Um, we are seen by statistics, women are outliving men five to seven years longer. Um, and then if there's, you know, obviously, like you said, there's different genes in the family lines that might be even longer. So there's a good chance that you could be living 15 to 20 years longer by, you know, than when outliving your husband on, on earth by yourself here. So we need to plan for that. And you have to understand what's the best way to take social security what's the best time if you have pensions and you know planning enough for retirement and having the beneficiaries right there's a lot of things that have to go into place with planning uh what's most likely going to be in your benefit is most likely uh, see who has the bigger social security and if it's you or if it's your husband you know if it's your husband has a bigger benefit you would probably file as soon as you could without penalty okay because then you know you'd most likely inherit your husband's social security as a widow benefit someday. Now, if your husband's is less than yours, then you have the benefit of maybe if he passes to take the widow benefit until and let yours grow till 70. So those are the big things on social security. Uh, but again, there's other, so many other things to talk about, beneficiaries and making sure those IRAs go to the right place. And if there's a pension involved as well and, and uh, expense planning and, you know, living and where are you going to live? Are you going to live in a house or not, downsize or not? But a lot of things to put in plan. We, we see this on a regular basis, though. So. All right, very good. Thanks for that question. We appreciate that. All right, one more from Carlos. I've talked to a few financial advisors about how they get paid, and it sounds like they all have completely different models. One guy even made it sound like he doesn't charge fees at all, so I'm not sure how that business model could even work. 
anyway, are there this many different fee structures or does everyone just explain it a little bit differently? Yeah, there are some different fee structures out there, but I think the biggest thing you have to figure out, are you working with uh, the broker-dealer world or are you working with the um, fiduciary advisory world? So on the broker-dealer world, you know, a lot of their paid is, you know, commissions and uh, transactional-based. So we see a lot of people selling, you know, variable annuities, commission, or non-traded REITs, big commission, A fund, mutual funds, upfront commission with trailers. Um, but when you were typically work with a fiduciary advisor, they're, they're usually, most, most of the time, they're charging an advisory fee, management fee. You know, 1%, some are charging more, some are charging a little less. It all depends, and, and the more assets you have, usually you get a better deal. Um, some will just charge a planning fee. They just charge by the hour. They'll just charge just for planning, or they could charge an hourly fee. They've done that in the past. I would say, so you have to figure out who you're working with, the broker-dealer side, or you're working with the, the fiduciary advisory side. Um, and when some people say they don't pay fees, uh, that's not true. Yeah, you're paying something. You're paying fees on the expenses of the funds you're in. So a lot of the funds you have in a, maybe a mutual fund might be a half a percent to a, you know, sometimes I see them over 2% for a mutual fund cost of just the fund. Um, but then if you're paying the advisor a fee on top of that, you know, those are ex more expenses on top of that. Or you pay these load fees to get into these A funds. So there is a lot, of, a lot more to it. Um, one thing I want to touch on here too, Ben, and for you, Carlos, is if you have a 401k, a lot of people don't believe they're paying any fees in a 401k. But if you look at smartasset.com and you just search in um, average 401k fees, they found by their research that the average 401k fee is 2.22% on the average 401k. When people said, no, I only pay 10 bucks or 25 bucks a year. I'm like, that's not, they don't build these multi million dollar buildings and have you know hundreds of thousands of employees off of 25 bucks a year nobody would be able to maintain a business that way yeah they're making money on these accounts even though you don't see it they don't have to be full disclosed on all the fees on your statements if you're in those type of plans um those are in the plan documents when you get started with your employer and open up the 401k that most people aren't really paying attention to when they start their 401k all right, great question, Carlos. Thanks for that. All right, that'll do it for us, Mike. Uh, if you have questions for Mike Coyne over at Principal Preservation Services, please, we'd love to hear from you, principalpreservationservices.com. You can get on there, send in your question that way, plus a lot of other good tools and resources on the site as well. But also, if you want to set up a time to meet with Mike, you can call 855-987-8888. But RMDs, so very important to your retirement plan and you want to have a strategy in place. So, Mike, thanks for talking us through this today, and hopefully you encourage some people to take some action. I hope so. Thanks, Ben. Investment advisory services offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Alpha Star, Principal Preservation Services, LLC, and Principal Wealth Services, LLC are separate and independent entities. Insurance products are offered through Principal Preservation Services, LLC, a Minnesota and Wisconsin insurance agency. Investment advice is offered through Principal Wealth Services, LLC. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products offered by Principal 
Principal Preservation Services, LLC. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered or guaranteed by AlphaStar.